on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Hello, Texas. This is Texas Steampunk Connection, Season 2, Episode 12. Can you believe it? 12 episodes already. This, this is Season. Season 2. Yeah. This year. <laughs> yeah, it's not even a full year yet. So. It's half the year, so we're halfway done. Halfway done, yeah. <laughs> I don't, right. We don't even know officially how many episodes per season we're actually doing. We're playing it by ear. And we want to thank you for sticking with us through all of this. Thank you for continuing to listen. Yeah, thank you for the new people who have joined us. We have so many more likes this time. Hooray! We're well over 300 now. Woohoo! <laughs> so, what have we been doing lately? We've been on a couple of adventures. Yes. I think we, we started off, since last time it was what, Circus 1903 we went to. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. At the Long Center in Austin, Texas. What did you guys think? I liked it. I loved it. I thought it was great. I don't see how you could not like it. It was small and cozy. For, so, the, for the long center. <laughs> well, I mean, since we'd, we'd just come from seeing uh, Cirque du Soleil's uh, show in Houston, mm-hmm. and so we could kind of compare and contrast right. these, uh, this felt much more... Personal, yeah. because because of the, the, the ringmaster was talking to us directly. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> and that, that really had an effect... And, and he, he pulled people onto the stage, little people, children's. <laughs> One of the most <laughs> hardest things to work with. <laughs> he did a really good job working with kids is hard, and these were not easy kids to work with particularly. <laughs> and it made the show. I think it was it was hilarious and, and fun. It's super. And we, they had a lot of... Uh, a lot of very similar acts yep. to, to Cirque du Soleil. In fact, a couple of the acts are almost identical. Um, like the, the guy balancing on the on the cone, on the the roller things or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the, the, the high balancing. Yeah. That was that was a very similar act. Let's see what else. Oh, the, couple, the lady in the couple throwing, the throwing that woman around. Yeah. <laughs> of course, this one she was she was mean or something. I don't know. She was different. Yeah, they oh, had she a... was rough on that guy. <laughs> that was sort of a unhealthy you know erotic relationship kind of thing I don't know it's kind of hot <laughs> was it supposed to be that's the question I, I think it was okay I think it was it was just to add a little spice to the tricks you know the throwing and flipping and trapezing and whatnot. and then you have this woman who's being mean to the man that she's trusting to catch her when she flies through the air yeah that's, that's what I thought was amusing about it as com- in comparing the two shows the, the 1903 and in the Cirque du Soleil I mean, despite the similar acts, which one? I'm not sure which one I liked better. I mean, because the Circus Soleil was definitely exciting with all the jumping around and high flying stuff that they did, mm-hmm. you know. And this one was a little bit more subdued. Mm-hmm. There were some, there were some high wire acts and throwing around and stuff, but not nearly as much. I thought so. Cirque du Soleil had much more professional, uh, high, high value acts and stunts, and and eye candy. I yeah, mean, you know, a lot more going on. It was just a, yeah, it was a different professional kind but of Cirque level. But Cirque du Soleil didn't have uh, elephant puppets. That's true. Those puppets were awesome. Those were so cool. Yeah, that was neat. I, I It made me wish that, that uh, Circus 1903 had more puppets. Yeah. I want more fake animals. That would have been, uh, that would be awesome if they did, yeah. 
Yeah, the the baby elephant was especially adorable. <laughs> yeah, you can hardly tell there was a man in that, you know, puppeteering that. I mean, it, it looked it looked pretty realistic. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it was a puppet. It wasn't a real elephant, but still, the way it moved and everything, it was all very realistic. Right. Oh, when yeah. you see footage of of how playful baby elephants are and how they're kind of they scamper around and get into everything, and and the baby elephant was very endearing in that same way. I was I was at least as impressed with the full size elephant. For yeah, a while, I was like, "How many people are in yeah, there?" Yeah, I could. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I could not tell how many people I'm were in still, that. I still don't know. Uh, it was it, just enormous. You know, that just like a real elephant is just kind of inspiring it's huge, and yeah. how awesomely large it is. Um, and they they nailed that. It was so cool. It didn't hurt that we paid half as much to get in as going to see Cirque. And it was in Austin, so we didn't have to travel. True. <laughs> I think we got decent seats. We were pretty much front and in the center, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to center stage, but you know, not not too far back, and, you know. So I think I think we got decent seats. Yes, thank you, Flavio. You're welcome. So that was fun. So I recommend it. It doesn't look like it's coming anywhere to Texas anymore. We were looking on it. It was supposed to go to San Antonio apparently, but it was canceled. Facebook is showing it canceled now, but they've got lots and lots of showings in Las Vegas. So if you're in Las Vegas or plan to go to Las Vegas. We should go to Las Vegas. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Check out Circus 1903 <laughs> or just go for Las Vegas because it's fun. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, we, so we recommend it if you ever get a chance to see it. I mm-hmm. definitely recommend going to see it. Yeah, I definitely. So that was fun. So that, that's pretty much all we did. Well, that's all I did. Mm. These two went off on a different adventure. Yes. <laughs> they uh, went off to New Orleans. We did. For, uh, we've been talking a about. A brunch thing. Uh, New Orleans um, uh, steamship, steamboat uh, brunch on the steamship Natchez. And that was put on by the Baton Rouge Area Steampunk Society, Brass. Right. Hi, uh, Margaret. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we... Uh, we, we did a little uh, report on it and uh, got some interviews with some of the locals. Yep. And uh, let's just run that. All right. We'll do that. And here we go. All right. We are here in New Orleans. We uh, took the night bus on Thursday night and uh, slept half a Saturday, uh, Friday. And now, of course, Saturday, uh, it is pouring down rain. And we have taken shelter in, where are we? We're in the New Orleans Mint Museum. And that, uh, that's been here for about 200 years. Yeah. And uh, it's a museum not only for uh, the minting of the time, but also upstairs we've got a jazz museum, as you could probably hear in the background, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and an exhibit of uh, folk art, primitive art. Uh, local uh, Louisiana uh, folk artists. So... Uh, we're just chilling in here, staying out of the rain, staying out of the humidity uh, until it lets up, and then we're going to storm the French Quarter, get ourselves completely sauced, and uh, tomorrow we'll be meeting steampunks in uh, on the the steampunk uh, steamboat Natchez mm-hmm. um, for the steampunk steamboat brunch. Right. Yes. So we'll be reporting to you back then. Uh, uh, see you soon. <laughs> uh, last time we checked in, we were at the uh, New Orleans Mint, 
and we were sort of being reined in. Uh, Haha. And so uh, we, from there, we made our way quickly across the way to the French market, which is a covered open air market. And uh, we waited out the rain there for a bit. Yep. Found ponchos and umbrellas just in case. But of course, as soon as we bought the ponchos and umbrellas, the rain stopped because of the magic of the poncho and umbrella. We have magic ponchos. <laughs> that stopped the rain. Uh, let's see. What else did we do? We went to the uh, we went to the 18 what's 1850s house 1850s mansion. Yeah, we went to the uh, 1850s mansion. Hello, this is uh, Professor Argo uh, guesting with uh, with, with uh, Erica and Thax here. Uh, we went to the 1850s museum and house, and we got to see how the uh, upper crust lived and the amazing tilting floors <laughs> because the foundations are... Uh, uh, settling, yes, dubious, <laughs> and we have had uh, drinks to go, wandering about the streets with alcohol. We we've had walk the streets with alcohol, and we've had pralines and beignets, and we have taken the ferry across to Algiers Point, which brings us to. All right. Uh, we are. Oh, okay. Yeah. We are. Where are we now? We're, We're the, the Crown, Crown and Anchor Pub. The Crown and Anchor Pub, which is like a secret British pub uh, at Algiers. Algiers. Algiers Point uh, in New Orleans. Uh, we've been here a few times before at previous uh, visits, but this is the first time we have entered the pub in the middle of summer to find it filled with Santa Clauses <laughs> and uh, any various amounts of undress. I just had a long conversation with a uh, mohawk-wearing, pantsless elf gentleman uh, who was who was fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're we're having a good time. It's not raining anymore. Uh, we were forced beignets upon us at uh, what was it? Cafe beignet. Cafe beignet. Apparently they wrote down our order twice, and we were not going to complain about it. <laughs> Thank you, Cafe beignet. Um, anything else we need to add at this point? Uh, muffalettas. Oh, of course. Yes, uh, we stopped for muffalettas at uh, uh, Central, not Central Market. Central Grocery. Central Grocery, or what well, we, you've come to know it as is the Red and Green Grocery. Oh, the Red and Green Grocery. Uh, so yeah, we're we're living it up, uh, getting our drink on, waiting for tomorrow afternoon's uh, brunch uh, at the Steamship Natchez. Uh, well, logging off. We'll talk to you again soon. We are checking in. It is Sunday afternoon at the mouth of the mighty Mississippi, and we are about to embark on the steamer Natchez uh, and meet all our new steampunk friends. Since we last tuned in, uh, we went back to uh, the hotel, really, after having a few drinks and meeting Santa Clauses, and uh, I continued to drink quite heavily. <laughs> and I had a challenging morning, but we went out and uh, we visited the uh, Museum of Southern uh, Cuisine, mm-hmm. and we uh, ate some very hoity-toity food at Toops. Toops. That's what T O U P S. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is uh, definitely more fine dining than I'm used to. You uh, want to add anything? There's anything else? Uh... Uh, well, now we're just sitting on the banks of the river watching a storm possibly rolling in, listening to the seagulls, watching the people in the boats go by. It is a lovely overcast afternoon with a cool breeze coming off the river and we are just soaking up the atmosphere and it has been hot and humid all weekend so uh, getting this this cool breeze in is a real treat but nevertheless we're watching these clouds get closer and closer uh, it's exciting we're, we're, we're so looking forward to this uh, we will uh, check back in in probably just a few hours uh, as we uh, have our adventure Let's talk to you soon. All right, we're checking back in. We're on the ship. We have uh, had our second brunch for the day, and I am sitting with my new friend, Mike. Uh, Mike, introduce yourselves to our listeners. Well, my name is Mike. I'm in. Uh, I'm a local uh, artist here in New Orleans. I'm also a steampunk. Not necessarily always a steampunk artist, though. I do. Uh, you know, I do. Uh, have a lot of that crossover in my work, and I do. Um, investigate the uh you know the crossover between the steampunk world and the world of fine arts but that's uh that's what i'm all about what drew you into steampunk how did you get here how did i get here well i like to wear ascots and i went on ebay and i go and i'll search for ascot and it said steampunk and i said steampunk what's that so i googled what's steampunk and then i came across some uh steampunk music i started listening to and then you know i like the aesthetics and uh it's just like brought me in from there tell me more about your your art if it's not explicitly steampunk what where do your uh where do you get your your muse your uh well, uh, my artwork is a lot of mixed media assemblage with uh, with uh, found objects and recycled materials. So there is a lot of you know like old metal stuff in there, and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, steampunk aesthetics in it. But you know I do ch- I do really try to sort of uh, bridge that gap between you know the steampunk world and the uh, you know the contemporary the art the world of contemporary artwork. Fantastic. So for our listeners, how would they find your work? How would they uh, uh, reach you if they wanted to know more? Well, they can go to my, uh, I have a Facebook page, Mike Kilgore uh, Studio. It shows all my, uh, I have an artist page on Facebook. I also have a few things on uh, on Etsy. But I am, uh, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. I've, you know, sort of in trans- transition right now, doing some different things. But, you know, so I do a lot of, like, furniture and craft as well as contemporary art so if they find me on Facebook they'll see the they'll see the uh, the whole range of everything I do excellent fantastic and of course we will be uh, uh, posting a link to your uh, your work on uh, our Facebook uh, uh, page when we post the uh, this article uh, I want to thank you Mike for uh, spending a few moments with us uh, on this uh, both of our first uh, river cruise on the uh, steamship Natchez and hopefully not the last one absolutely absolutely thanks a lot all right thank you 
All right, now I am sitting with Clay. You are a, a friend of Russ Argo, who we've been traveling with, and uh, he told me to uh, look out for you. And you look amazing. You are clearly the most uh, uh, easy-to-find steampunk of the entire group. Uh, Clay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I've been doing steampunk for about 10 years now, and the, uh, the base uniform I'm wearing is about 8 years old, but I have uh, done many variations of it. It is supposed to be a uniform for the uh, Free French Republic of Louisiana. And uh, it is from a world where Napoleon won at Waterloo due to the fact that he had Archimedes rifles, which are basically laser rifles, which take uh, power from the sun. I'm wearing the uh, uniform of a presidential guard from the uh, Republic of Louisiana. Uh, I have been uh, a maker since I have uh, started steampunk. It's one of the reasons I enjoy steampunk. And uh, I've made this uh, Tesla Saber I'm uh, wearing, uh, the, uh, the eyepiece, uh, and several other pieces. I uh, make stuff for other people sometimes. I mainly make it for myself, but I don't do it for a profit. I do it for friendship. But, you know, if you're looking to do that kind of stuff, just never pass up the opportunity to pick something up that you can and just keep it till you uh, find a use for it. I want to take a moment to just describe what I'm seeing you uh, have put together. Uh, you started with, like, uh, um uh, breastplates and gorget uh, from a, an earlier period and then you've got sort of a military uh, uniform uh, probably Edwardian with a lot of, of patches and uh, military insignias uh, your helmet is brass with a outlandish pair of goggles and you've got a, a monocular on one side with its own uh, uh, 3D uh, uh, eyeball in it <laughs> and I tell you as as I'm speaking to you I don't know which eye to look at <laughs> you look fantastic the breastplate and the uh, gorget is to represent basically the lifeguard of the uh, British household um, that's basically our version the presidential version of France of Louisiana yeah but it's uh, that's the, the lifeguard, the uh, soldiers on horse that protect the Queen of England. And I also notice uh, there is, it would appear, you are not wearing a single gear. It is pretty common for people to adorn themselves with gears along with their other Steve Punk accoutrement. And you have gone in another direction. Yeah, um, I have... I have a hand that, that is a, a, a steampunk clockwork hand that has some gears on it, but uh, it was ruined in the flood of Baton Rouge in August, and uh, I haven't had a chance to replace the leather glove in it. I was trying to get it ready for today, but uh, I was uh, redoing it and just it wasn't ready, but that, that has some gears, and I mean, I use gears when gears are appropriate. But I do not use gears when it's not appropriate. 
absolutely. That's fantastic. Yeah. Now you are you are in Baton Rouge. Okay, no, no. I lived in ba- in New Orleans almost all my life. When Katrina happened, I was forced out to Baton Rouge. Okay. Okay. I lived in Baton Rouge for eleven years, and then August thirteenth was the Great Flood of Baton Rouge. It destroyed over half of Baton Rouge, including my house. We had over seven feet of water in my costume room. And yes, I say a costume room. I had an 11 by 23 foot room. I've been costuming since, well, my mother got me to start costuming when I was three. But I started really designing and working on costumes since I was uh, 17. So, so about 35 years. And I had a whole room full of them. And uh, so, yeah, I, I saved some pieces, but a lot of pieces were lost. That's rough, man. I know that there's been a lot of uh, tragic circumstances uh, through flooding in, in Louisiana. It's just thrown everybody to the winds. Uh, so I'm glad you were able to come back to New Orleans. You've, you've moved back to New Orleans yeah. now. And uh, you're, you're being able to pick it up from there. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a much better city. I, it, it's much better culturally. Uh, my friends are here. I'm, I'm just much happier here. Great. I'm glad to hear it. I want to thank you for spending a little time with me. Right, um, I'm glad to meet you. All right. Great. I am sitting with Miss Margaret, who uh, organized this uh, steampunk river tour, and so I wanted to spend a few moments talking to you and learning about yourself and how this all came about. I'd be happy to. My name is, is like you said, Margaret Rose, and I am uh, the president of the Baton Rouge Area Steampunk Society. And we are always trying to find ways to get people involved with steampunk and to keep the members that we have, you know, organized and interested. So about six months ago, I believe it was actually February, Christine and I, who is the co-president of Brass, decided, well, you know, in, in January we'll do this and in February we'll do that. And I brought up the idea that I've always wanted to do the jazz cruise on the riverboat. And it would be a wonderful thing for the steampunks to do. So way back in February, we came up with this idea. And it took us this long to get it all together. So is this the first steampunk cruise of this nature that you've put together? Yes, it is. This is the very first one that I think anybody has ever been on. <laughs> and, and I'm amazed at the turnout because it has been, we've been in a rather slow period. And trying to get people involved in the summer is hard. Yeah, because uh, it's hot out here. <laughs> oh, it is hot. It is humid. You can stick to the walls. We are very, very thankful for the air conditioning inside. But, yes. but out on the river, it was wonderful because we had the breezes blowing in. And, you know, the, the view from the, the steamboat was wonderful. So even though right now I am melting into a puddle, <laughs> right when we were cruising, it was wonderful. It really was. It really was. Yeah. A number of the patrons here are from Baton Rouge. Do you have a large community there doing things? We do. We have about 30 members of Brass at any one time between 10 and 15 are active we can count on to do things with the summertime coming um, mostly they're college students so they're off doing other things 
but uh, with MechaCon coming up, I know we have a large contingency going to that. MechaCon is a uh, New Orleans convention that has a big steampunk presence. And then we're not really having anything until October when we get together again to do the 13th Gate, a haunted house in Baton Rouge. Oh, that sounds very interesting. You are more than welcome to come. We will put up all the information as soon as we get it. And it sounds like, uh, although this is the first uh, river cruise you've taken, uh, you have like monthly events or meetups or social engagements? We try to keep it monthly just to keep people involved. Mostly it's we do dinners, pick a different restaurant. Uh, sometimes we'll do a movie night at somebody's house. We'll do steampunk movies. Uh, we'll do build days where we can get together and help each other or sewing days where we can make costumes. It's really hard, though, with all the other things that people have going on to schedule around everybody's various appointments. But we try to do at least one thing every other month. Uh, Miss Margaret, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us and thank you for putting together this uh, this meetup and uh, uh, fantastic events that we've we've enjoyed so much. Oh, you are very welcome, and I hope to see you again soon. Everybody out there, stay seeny. Okay, that was a direct report from New Orleans by Fax and Erica, and mm-hmm. a, and a special guest, Russ, briefly in there. Yeah, yeah. we were traveling with with uh, Russ and his family, and. Uh, Sounds yep. like you guys had a good time. We, we did. did. We did. And it wasn't just the steampunk, steamboat thing. You did a bunch of other stuff, obviously. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I Russ is pub. an expert planner. <laughs> I remember that pub when I In went Algiers? to New Orleans with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the TARDIS being the front end when we went. No. Yeah, okay. They have added on a, a, like a the, the police box the TARDIS looking thing front door front door so okay. so that's your entry yeah, exactly. point because I remember Russ mentioning that I'm thinking mm-hmm. he's like I don't remember that being there no like, and he was only that. there like a month or two after we were there <laughs> yeah like, what yeah but you walk in and it's still the same it's very dark it's got the dark wood um, it's decorated with uh, beer steins and I remember that kind yeah. of kitschy British stuff but and they're also like totally bought into the Doctor, Doctor Who. Who stuff. And did they've they? got Bad Wolf written on the wall, and they've got uh, Tardises and stuff like all over the place. That's and funny. they have a Doctor Who watching night where, oh, cool. where people can come in and have a pint and watch Doctor, Doctor Who. Who with your best friends. And it's it's a great place. If I lived anywhere near that, that would be my bar. That'd I would hang pub, out there all local the time. Bar, yeah. I love the would, Crown and Anchor. Would you have your own Santa suit? I might get my own Santa suit. <laughs> Actually, I have an elf costume, as you may, as you may well know, with or without pants. <laughs> um, Depends how hot it is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say with pants for now. Um, yeah, but my my elf name is Squeezy Peppermint. Thanks to the Facebook memes, I know this, <laughs> and I would totally do the Santa rampage. Uh, in New Orleans those people were awesome that's funny they were really fun yeah it's not something you expected this time of year to find a bunch of Santa Claus that's running well, around halfway to Christmas oh, okay June 25th halfway to Christmas <laughs> even so, before we went in there were like a bunch of Santas hanging out out front at, at smoking the a cigarette we're like that's <laughs> what's weird. going on yeah. we went in there's like tons more <laughs> you're like feeling out of place now all of a sudden yeah 
And oh, the ferry runs later than it did when we were there. When when that's nice. When we stayed there, the ferry was free, but it only ran until eight p.m. Right. So if you were in the French Quarter after eight p.m., you had to catch a cab back right. to Algiers, which kind of put a little crimp in everybody's plans. Mm-hmm. Um, but now the the ferry runs later, but it's a dollar. Okay. Two dollars. Two dollars. That's still not bad. So it's two dollars uh, each way, you know. So four dollars to go back and forth for the mm-hmm. night, but it runs much later in the evenings, especially on weekends. So how it's, com- that's very convenient then. It, it's a little more convenient, and that's how the Santas were going. They 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 <laughs> they, they did a call. They were going to do a big pub crawl, so they started in. We were at their first <laughs> like the stop. only pub in Algiers. So right, so they're else. not crawling very far. <laughs> no, no, they crawl. They went on the on the ferry across the river. Oh, okay. Which drops to continue right, from there. Uh, at the end of uh, Canal Street, right at the edge of the French. <laughs> quarter right and then they went into the quarter and i'm sure that's funny uh engaged in all sorts of havoc <laughs> that's that's hilarious yes it was fantastic <laughs> i love new orleans <laughs> and that was what your first day there your second day there uh, uh that was that was saturday, saturday. afternoon okay. so the first day we actually went out and were able to function <laughs> well friday we got dinner and stuff we, we, yeah, we, 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 we got we, checked in we did dinner we walked around the quarter yeah, we did some stuff uh, during the day. We we slept and oh, recovered the, because it's hot there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and you had a long drive or a long bus ride there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But okay, but and and the the brunch was on Sunday, right? The brunch was on okay. Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sunday during, on the interview there was that that kaleidoscope music, or whatever. What is Calliope. that? Calliope. Calliope music. What is yeah. that? Uh, the Calliope, according to Russ, he told us this, and I'm sure that the the guide also told us this. But it is one of eight steam calliopes still in existence in the world. Wow, is it actually on the boat? It is on the boat. Okay. There is a but there is. You can see the steam coming out of the pipes at the top of the ship, right? As it's playing, so awesome. the steam power uh, powers the paddle, and the leftover steam is used to power this musical instrument that is basically the ship. Nice. <laughs> and so, so this was a apparently used back in the day. They would play music on the calliope to sort of let the passengers know, "Hey, the steamship is here. It's time to pick up your stuff, or it's time to get on board, or." Whatever, whatever the the steamship was doing, because they used to use those for transporting goods right, up and down right. the Mississippi. So yeah, so that was a big a big exciting thing back in the day, and it was pretty entertaining <laughs> for us as the well. The steamboat is here. The steamboat is here. Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it was, so it was cool. really cool. I didn't know it did that. We're just sitting on the on the banks, kind of. There's this this storm rolling in. We're watching the lightning strikes and the seagulls flying, and and uh, just kind of relaxing before we had to to get on board. And all of a sudden, there's this wonderful calliope music. <laughs> Where did, oh my gosh, what is that? It was it was cool. It was really cool. So how, how big was this boat? How big was it? Is it like I didn't think it was all that big looking at it from the shore mm-hmm. but then seeing the line of people getting on I'm like whoa a lot of people oh to hold more than I thought yeah uh, there was over a thousand passengers wow a thousand over a thousand how many of those were steampunkers with you guys oh there was probably about six. ten of us ten of you uh, six of them five of us yeah so, so you brought half the you brought half the party. <laughs> That's how we do. That's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so was the brunch happening on the boat? Yes, they had provided by a, the boat. Or? Yes, there's okay. a big dining room in the center of the ship, which is blessedly air conditioned. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, <laughs> and it's a it's a buffet style brunch. They uh, and there's there's all kinds of good southern, you know, biscuits and gravy and beignets and smoked ham. And and grits and mm. bread pudding and I, I don't want to throw shade 
but the beignets on the ship were not up to snuff. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Shame on me, I know. Everything else was terrific. And we got mint juleps, which were fantastic. Mint juleps, yeah. And they had coffee, which is awesome. But if you skip the beignets and you get extra gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Or whatever you want. <laughs> I, we did not go hungry. It was a really good brunch, and um, hungry right now. Oh, <laughs> and and as we're as we're cruising up the Mississippi, the uh, I guess the captain is is giving a little announcement mm-hmm. about what we're what we're, pa- what we're seeing as we pass. Okay. And we've we've cruised out of New Orleans before. We've right. been on the cruise ship, and we actually mm-hmm. saw one of the Carnival cruise ship in port. In so we've we've done this trip before going out the Mississippi, but this was actually interesting because it's it's you're actually getting an explanation of what you're seeing as okay. you as you pass by. So there's this old building that used to be a, a cotton cotton gin, and they've turned it into luxury condominiums. <laughs> and it looks like a big brick building. It, it it's it's a, it's on the outside. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd yeah. love to see the inside of it. It, it had damage. I don't know if it was from a flood or a fire or just age, but you can tell where the top of the building, the brick wall, had mm-hmm. like caved in, and now there's new bricks there. Okay, but then the old bricks below are still there, so it's really you can see a, the color difference in the bricks. Mm-hmm. You, you can see the the age and the uh, character that this this building has. I'm, I'm sure you saw it. It's that you are beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's quite possible, but it's been a long time. Yeah, they, someone know. graffitied it with the words, you are beautiful, kind of after like, one of the rebuilding letters. efforts. And uh, they kept it. Oh, um, why not? Yeah. And then they also, we also passed the uh, largest sugar refinery in the United States. That's right there on the Mississippi. And that is that produces most of the diabetes found in the United States of America. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah, America, yeah. <laughs> America! So if you've got a little sugar packet at your restaurant that you put in your coffee, it comes from that building. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So the steamboat part, it, it was going like toward out out the Mississippi mm-hmm. like toward the Gulf yeah it went out for about an hour the and then it came back okay so it was it was not a, it, the time passed way too fast I bet <laughs> it was really fun yeah it was turning around before I what happened <laughs> it's like we're going back already <laughs> yeah yeah so obviously I mean obviously you talked to several of the steampunkers that were there from mm-hmm. Baton Rouge they seem like nice people oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah they're great great folks they, like, they're very active and they do a lot of stuff and Sounds like it. I wish some. Yeah, it sounds like they have the same issue that some of that other, that other groups have. It's like you know, well, we got to get you know, people with their schedules and everything just gets in the way, and it's hard to get everybody together and all this kind of stuff. I mean, yep. typical everywhere with that problem. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> but at least they're they're trying, and that's mm-hmm. that's what really counts. Yep. You know, and I'm glad we. I'm glad you guys made some new friends. I think I think I already seen some of them like our page on Facebook. Hooray! <laughs> and I know yeah. they're going to be listening to the show. So hey, right. you guys. <laughs> Sorry I missed it. I had to work. I wasn't able to get away. Aw. But hopefully next time, if there is a next time. So whatever you guys plan, just keep us in touch. Keep us in mind. The next time you're planning stuff, let us know on our page, Facebook, you know, Texas Steampunk Connection, and we'll, we'll definitely let everybody know about it. But we're also uh, on the uh, Baton Rouge. Yeah, uh, true. But I'm trying to promote our page. Oh. <laughs> cross-promotion. Cross-promotion. Okay. All good. <laughs> Oh, speaking of cross-promotion, do you want to talk about uh, Steampunk Dollhouse? Uh, well, I would like to... Uh, t- I was planning on talking about that when we open our mailbag. Oh, okay. Um, this sorry, must I be new. Mean, we have a mailbag. All right. I yeah. didn't mean to jump ahead. <laughs> no well, worries. Let's do that now. Yeah. Well, um, okay. 
Sounds good. We got two two emails. Yay. Uh, that we can actually three, I think. Three emails. All right, even better. Ah ah ah. Uh, let me let me jump back onto Facebooks. Yes, I like I like feedback. If you guys have any comments, questions, anything like that, talk to us on Texas Steampunk Connection on Facebook. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. It lets us know that somebody is is out there. And, you know, and if we don't answer right away, don't feel bad. Sometimes I don't get the for some reason I don't see the messages every once in a while. You know, it's like and we all see them, so I think maybe like if one of us sees it, then it goes away, and the other ones don't see it. So I don't know how it works, but Facebook Facebook does weird things. Facebook is weird, <laughs> but it's what we have at the moment to work with. Do you think we should make our own? Nah. What? I was say we should make our own web page, but that's just that's just oh, redundant. That's too much work. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like work. No, thank you. Although we do, we do have our Roosevelt Adventuring Society webpage that we don't use very much anymore. We can That's maybe true. convert that, or or add to or it. add to yeah yeah. Okay, so who's our first message? Paul Torres, back on the 17th, wrote, Saw you guys at Wimberley. Wanted to get a pic with you, as I'm a fan of the podcast, but I chickened out. Lol. Why? Why did you chicken out? Oh, we don't bite. <laughs> Very much. Did we talk about the Wimberley event? Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a Wimberley event, like they do. <laughs> Yeah, it went. Really, I think it went really well. They had all kinds of all kinds of tables, all kinds of vendors, all kinds of. This, they had a lot of visitors as well. A lot of people went walking through. I think there, went, there was a couple of dozen vendors, and we got a lot of a, a lot more traffic than uh, their their previous mm-hmm. uh, event. I think it was is pretty successful. I think so too. It went, I think it went over well. And live music by the Windmills, which he's awesome. Yeah, we put his music on last episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. And uh, Paul, come on, we're we're right there. We we, yes. we had the the first uh, first table as you table walk in the door. In. <laughs> we love I'm you, Paul. Sure, if I'm not mistaken, I saw him come in with like a family. Mm-hmm. He had like two kids and his wife, and they were all decked out. I'm like, oh, wish they'd come in and talk to me, but they just scooched along. So you don't, okay, yeah, yeah, don't be afraid to approach us. We're nice people <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> But especially especially in public, we, we try we, anyway. We, <laughs> Sometimes we have yes. to try a little harder than but others. Th- but thanks for being a fan of the show. Like I said, don't be afraid to approach us next time. What else do we have? Who else do we have? What uh, message? Next, um, back in May twenty fourth, so <laughs> some time ago, Lance McDonald posted, "Thanks for putting out these podcasts. They help me get through the workday. Y'all do a great job." I have recently started getting into steampunk for only about a year, but the wife and I love it. Yay. I have started creating and having a blast designing our steampunk living room. Wow. Oh, we want to see pictures. Yes, pictures. I'm glad to hear that there are other Texans into this. I'm just north of Dallas in Anna, and I love the looks people give me when I get when I say steampunk. Some people just don't get it, but y'all do. Keep up the good work. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for being a fan, and glad to help you work get through the day. But we definitely want to see these pictures of your steampunk living room. Yeah, and we want to meet you at Steampunk November, yes, because that's steampunk right November. in your neighborhood, practically. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Funny that he's, he mentions, you know, when he says steampunk, people don't know what he's talking about. Right. We've had that experience, too. All the time. But not as much as I used to get. These days, it, like, you know, a little old lady will come up to me and ask me about my goggles and stuff but when i say steampunk they at least have a 
a modicum of of understanding that I can then work on. Right, right. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's better than the complete the blanks is, there. The like word what? is getting out there, <laughs> and I think that's exciting. I think that that's really exciting. Yeah, it definitely is. It makes it a lot easier because sometimes getting that blank look is always like, okay, now what do I say? <laughs> How do I go from here? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's like. Uh, so you said you're up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, he said, right? Well, yep. I don't know if you guys, the, the Ghost Ship Allegory is up there if you want to meet up with other steampunkers. You know, they have a, they have a web, a Facebook page as well. So look them up, see what they're, what they're up to. Maybe you guys can, you know, make more friends. All right. And we have a message from Elizabeth Hedrick. Uh, she says, good morning. I run the Steampunk Dollhouse podcast, and I wanted to know if I could include a link to your show on my list of steampunk podcast recommendations. Would that be all right? There is no reciprocal obligation. Well, that's okay, Elizabeth, because we are reciprocating anyway. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, we've already I've already responded to her online, but uh, yeah, yeah, she's got her own podcast. Apparently, mm-hmm. she's putting us on a list of <laughs> podcasts worth we're listening to. We're on the to. list. Yeah, so we're going to put her on our list. When we do, we have a list. We'll have it. We'll make a list. We have a list of one, <laughs> right? That I know of. So if any, if you have a chance, check out the podcast of the Steampunk Dollhouse hosted by literary library agent Blue Stocking. And uh, she she does a really interesting uh, kind of uh, social political uh, discussion discussion well dialogue dialogue monologue at this point I guess um, but she, she talks about uh, different works of fiction and she sort of analyzes them through uh, sort of uh, the, the looking glass of intersectional feminism and social justice and anti-colonialism and and you know that that's kind of the fun thing about steampunk for me is that we don't have to be the victorians were you know sexist yep racist colonist you know. uh, colonial yeah, uh, she, brings, she brings that up that yeah all the fiction and she, she, a lot of that fiction does have all that in there yeah and and so fiction from the time of course is very colored by that and unfortunately a lot of our modern fiction sort of takes its cues from that and so this is a conversation that I think needs to happen and it's 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 interesting and and we need to at least be aware of uh, these sort of underlying messages and and ideas just just so that so being aware of them is sort of the first step of getting over them right like we don't really need the patriarchy and yeah. colonialism anymore <laughs> if we ever did it's actually been harmful in a lot of cases exactly I think her i think we, we all listened to her her first uh yep. two episodes mm-hmm. and uh I, I was i was really impressed that she's um putting herself out there having these conversations that we don't really touch on on this right. show we, we, try, try, we to, try to avoid that part we're, we're of here it. to have fun and go out and have a good time and tell you where you could have a good time but we don't you know talk about political or give you the yeah. the business yeah. end of, of try not uh, to i i do sometimes there's, no, Sorry. there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying <laughs> sure. but it's not what we but, focus on we're trying this, right. like, this is like what said, she is focused right on and if you want to hear more about science fiction and steampunk literature as a method of opening conversations about uncomfortable topics uh that's what she's that's what she's interested in and that's what she's uh diving into so that's pretty badass uh she also uses the f-bomb whenever she feels like (laughs) which is cool (laughs) fuck yeah yeah 
Yeah, but it's also good to know that there's a, there's another steampunk podcast out there. Right. It's it's completely different from ours. Right here in Texas, so even there's no competition. There never will be any. There shouldn't be any competition. And she's it's just come one, come all. Everyone podcast. Let's all have fun. She's just north of Dallas too. Yep. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, so I'm hoping we get to meet her at Steampunk November. Definitely, Steampunk November is the place to be in November. Well, Hooray. that one weekend anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's just, I'm just, like I said, once again, I'm just happy to hear there's another podcast starting up that's steampunk oriented. You know, so that means we're not alone out there. And she made a point that, yeah, she made one point in one of hers, like, yeah, podcasting is a dog-eat-dog world kind of thing. You know, you, you need listeners, you need participation, you know, or else we're just shouting into the wind kind of thing. And for a while there, I felt like we were. But we're, we get, we got a good amount of listeners now. I mean, we, we have two people emailing. At the very moment. Three. Yeah, three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, so, and we know we have other fans out there. So I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm grateful for everybody. <laughs> yes, thanks everybody for listening. Go check out the Steampunk Dollhouse. Yeah, you can catch up. She only has like three episodes out right now. Um, two of them are really, really short. So yeah, catch up with her. You know, if, if you like her, subscribe. She's going to talk about literature and steampunk. Miss Hedrick, we are listening, and uh, thank you for putting yourself out there. Uh, we're looking forward to hearing more from you. Yeah, thank you for for actually contacting us and telling us about you. It kind of shocked me. He's like, wow, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what else we have? What are we going to talk about now? What do we got? We uh, have books. books. We have, uh, what it was, I think that's pretty much it. We have a couple more books to talk about. There's Flavia, you've got a book review. And yes, Erica's I have got a, a, little, a little reading. Yep. Um, I'll do this book review real quick. All right. Sure. Roll along. This is uh, The Janice Affair, a Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences novel. I, I read the oh, first oh, one, yeah, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. And this is the second book in that series. Doesn't necess- You don't necessarily have to read the first one first. You don't have to read them in order, but it helps, because there's a little bit of reference back to the first book, but not very much. And once again, it's an adventure book. It's in, it's in, old, it's in old London. It's, uh, the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences is a secret government Agency that mm-hmm. they're basically their mandate is to to investigate and cover up essentially peculiar occurrences, <laughs> okay. usually having to do with the supernatural world or stuff like that. And once again, there's also a conspiracy in the background trying to overthrow the government. Of course, <laughs> like you do. And basically, it's, it's like it's like a steampunk James Bond, but there's a it's a it's a duel, <laughs> a okay. duel. People, you yeah. know, yeah. you know, strong female character. And Lee, she's she's from Ireland, the colonies. Mm-hmm. Is she is she the lead character? She's one of the lead characters. Her and her her partner, who's actually very 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 English, but he's but he's progressive enough that you know he he, he treats her he's, he treats her completely as an equal. He doesn't look down on her for being either from the colonies or Irish or a woman, <laughs> like they used to do back in the day. If you're from the colonies, they still look down on you no matter what you were, mm-hmm. you know, back then. Oh, they still do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's just a really good adventure book. The the steampunk stuff in there is is very well done. And like I said, she has well, she has a bulletproof bulletproof corset. <laughs> very yeah. important, you know. <laughs> Where the corsets were stronger and the bullets were weaker. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. If you like, if you like high adventure spy novels, you know, this one is definitely one of those, and it has a steampunk vent to it. I really, I really enjoy it. There's several more novels in this series. I plan to read. This is only the second one. And again, the author? The author is Pip Ballantyne and T. Morris. All right. So there's the two authors. I think they're. A, I actually think they're a married couple. I, I think I heard an interview with them on another podcast that is no longer, uh, but it was it was interesting. Cool. They, they seem very spry. <laughs> yeah, they also have a. There was also a podcast that was based on these 
and basically it was short, short stories of a different adventures of other agents and i and it's kind of kind of um radio showish mm-hmm. you know and also it's kind of like someone reading to you like reading a report to you oh so cool. it, it was kind of a mix and I, I enjoyed them there weren't yeah what i listened to them i really enjoyed so you know if you look that up you might you might find them interesting but that's all I have to say about that. What okay. do you have? Uh, well, I was uh, tooling around Amazon on Friday, and I found a free Kindle book called The Story of Ida Pfeiffer and Her Travels in Many Lands. And it is by Anonymous, which actually, at the time it was written, may have actually been written by Ida Pfeiffer, but this was back when women didn't do such scandalous things oh, as no, writing. Write, write a book. Um, mm. But Ida Pfeiffer is an actual human being, and I was inspired to look up... The, her and then found this book because previous trip to New Orleans I was hot oh my lord it was so hot and humid I don't know how people managed to wear clothes back in the day <laughs> I mean seriously when you think the layers about the layers and, and the petticoats and the crinolines and the this and then that I, just, I, I would have died so I'm like what did they wear back then what did female adventurers wear what did what did people wear so anyway I was, I was looking at female adventurers and I found Ida Pfeiffer so uh, she's a really interesting person she did not start traveling until uh she was 45 years old wow she she was uh you know she was sort of a rebellious and adventurous young woman but her parents her her father died when she was 10 and her mom kind of made her buckle down and and uh you know become a decent young woman and so she got married and did all the things that a woman should do she had two sons and once they were grown and in in established in their own lives then uh she got a small inheritance and she was a widow at that time and she said okay i'm gonna finally do the traveling i wanted to do at age 45 so if if you're, it happens. You know. Yeah, if you're a little older and you think, oh, my life has passed me by and I, I don't have the time to do the things I wanted to do when I was young, hell no. Ida Pfeiffer <laughs> says, hell no. Time you go, go do your now, thing. Yeah. You do you, honey. Anyway. Is that a direct quote? Yes. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in, in, so I'm going I'm to do a short reading from uh, this, this free book from Amazon Kindle. Go look it up. Um, In 1837, she succeeded to an inheritance, which lifted the little family out of the slough of poverty and enabled her to provide her sons with good teachers. As they grew up and engaged successfully in professional pursuits, Madame Pfeiffer, who had lost her husband in 1838, found herself once more under the spell of her old passion for travel and in a position to gratify her adventurous inclinations. Her means were somewhat limited, it is true, for she had done much for her husband and her children, but economy was natural to her, and she retained the simple habits she had acquired in her childhood. She was strong, healthy, courageous, and accomplished, and at length, after maturing her plans with anxious consideration she took up her pilgrim staff and sallied forth alone her first object was to visit the holy land and tread in the hallowed footsteps of our lord that's las vegas right yeah for this purpose she left vienna on the 22nd of march 1842 embarked on board the steamer that was to convey her down the danube to the black sea and the city of constantinople constantinople then she repaired to Brusa, Beirut, Jaffa, Jerusalem, the Dead Sea, Nazareth, Damascus, Baalbek, the Lebanon, Alexandria, and Cairo, and traveled across the sandy desert to the Isthmus of Suez and the Red Sea. From Egypt, the adventurous lady returned home by way of Sicily and Italy, visiting Napoli, Rome, and Florence, and arriving in Vienna in December 1842. Wow. What an amazing, that's a lot amazing of, that's a lot of trip. Wow. 
And it sounds how, exhausting. <laughs> she did more. What, what, year more. Did, what year did she leave again? Uh, 1842. And she got back. And got same? back in December. Okay. So this was a full year. Of travel. Uh, of travel. On the 22nd, she left on the 22nd of March, returned home December. Okay. The same wow. year. So she traveled almost the whole year. And that was back in the time where traveling from one place to another was a lot slower than nowadays, for exactly. sure. Exactly. So in the following year, she published her experiences under the title of A Journey of a Viennese Lady to the Holy Land. It met with a very favorable reception to which the simplicity of its style and the faithfulness of its descriptions fully entitled it. With the profits of this book to swell her funds, Madame Pfeiffer felt emboldened to undertake a new expedition. This time she resolves on a northern pilgrimage, expecting an ultimate duel to see nature manifested on a novel and surprising scale. She began her journey to Iceland on the 10th of April, 1845, and returned to Vienna on the 4th of October. Her narrative of the second voyage will be found necessarily much abridged and condensed in the following pages. What should she do next? (laughs) That's that's a lot of travel. I mean, heck, what, she was 45? 45. Yeah, I'm I'm 48, and I I haven't traveled anywhere nearly that much at all. Yeah. Um, Well, when your inheritance comes in, you can begin. Absolutely. (laughs) And she was of simple means and couldn't travel like a like a prince, but she traveled extensively and well. And I I really wish there were more descriptions of what she was wearing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was really looking for that. So she's Viennese. That's Vienna. That's Austria. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's not as far to travel as really anywhere in the United States. No. So you, you start in Europe and and travel across. Europe to the Holy Land. It, it's still Train, a, I guess. It's still a considerable voyage. Yeah, yeah. It's a considerable yeah, journey. Because it takes a long time to get from one place to another back then. Mm-hmm. Even even on their train system back then. And there's a old week. photographs yeah. of her like standing next to camels and stuff. So she she did a lot of amazing travel for her time. And I would love, love to do something similar. Be careful. They spit. <laughs> <laughs> Bite your freaking face off. <laughs> So that is, that is a free book. That is a free book on Amazon right now, or at least it was on Friday. Uh, and it's the story of Ida Pfeiffer. And if you look, look there is she is on Wikipedia, so you can check her out. Uh, her last name is spelled like Michelle Pfeiffer. So <laughs> Ida Pfeiffer, check her out. She is an amazing, adventurous woman. At the age of 45, she left her two children behind as adult you know they were adults they could fend <laughs> for themselves they were adults <laughs> <laughs> and she said I'm gonna finally do what I've always wanted to do what an inspiration that, that wow. is awesome I mean, I mean that, although nowadays some people they retire you know retire you know 50s 60s they retire and then they start their travels I mean I think um, my roommate's father has been traveling all over the place recently since he's retired you know yeah so. I'm eligible to retire in about 8 years and if I play my cards right I may be able to travel extensively at that time but I want to get in a few travels between now and then as well yes definitely which makes it hard to save money (laughs) I'd love to go to Vegas again the Holy Land no I'm not so keen on the Holy Land Jerusalem and all of that those people are Jerusalem what those people are kind of crazy the whole mess of them it's like why are you fighting over this i don't understand because it's the holy land but that's a whole nother subject yeah all right let's not go there i think we're pretty much about to wrap it up we'll throw on some music and we'll tell you what's coming up honestly there's not a whole lot but we'll tell you what's coming up (laughs) steampunk wise stay tuned
Okay, that was Scott Healan from Frenchie and the Punk and his solo album, Never in the Rocket Century. That song was The Spark, Bloke from the Stoke. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, Must be, is that an English thing? I, well, how would I know? <laughs> yeah, I thought you're not English. I thought he was from New Jersey. Um, <laughs> and she's French. so <laughs> Right. So, yes, English. It's a midway kind of... <laughs> But um, yeah, he's a great guy. I like him. Yeah, this, uh, I think this is uh, Scott's most recent uh, release. I got it with uh, that Kickstarter we talked about some months oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I liked it. So if you like Scott Healan or if you like Frenchie and the Punk, check him out. We'll put up some links to, their, to the music. Of course, of course. So we have not a lot coming up this week, this month. Vax, you started out. What's coming up first? Yeah, this, it's, it's summertime, so people, I think, just don't want to go outside. Or well, it is hot. Hobbiting up in their, in their little houses. But uh, the third Tuesday of the month, uh, we are still having our, our steampunk meetup here in Austin. The regular place at uh, Sherlock's Baker Street Pub, starting about 7 o'clock. I don't have a theme or anything at this point. Just uh, yeah. steampunk social meet up, yeah. socialize, so come hang out, meet us, talk, eat, have drink. a bite. Yeah, <laughs> you might bring some board games or card games or something. If yeah. you're working on any projects, come show. Show and tell is always cool. Yep. So this uh, is the Baker Street Pub uh, near Burnett and 183. Right, the North Austin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Always, uh, always, always a good time. Also, we're hoping this is not official, but we're hoping on the third Thursday, on the twentieth, the Steampunk Lamp Factory in San Marcos will have another one of their gatherings because he says he wants to do it monthly now. So let's think. He hasn't put anything up yet, but we're, let's cross our fingers and hope for the best. You know, That's I, what we did last month, and and it and it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> he eventually posted. Unfortunately, we did not make it to that one. They were out of town. I wasn't able to make it myself. We were going to New Orleans. Yeah, they had a much. They had a good time, as you know now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, it's not quite steampunk, but we're going to mention it anyway. Right, uh, July 29th, the Gothic Prom will be happening at Elysium Austin, which is at 705 Red River Street, Austin, Texas. This will be happening Saturday, July 29th, starting at 9:30 p.m. and ending when the club closes at 2:30 a.m. Hosted by DJ Crescendal. DJ Neff and DJ Crescendal cordially invite you for a night of darkness, splendor, and crepe paper. Shake on the shadows and dust off your dandy duds. Escape the heat and join us in the dark, cold grasp of the inaugural Gothic prom. Dress your best, get your corsage, the biggest and fanciest hats and skirts you can find. Are you crazy? It's July! (laughs) They scream. They always scream. But we're ready for that. Elysium will be featuring additional air conditioning units for the entire evening. They're preparing. (laughs) And no, we do not mean desk fans. VIP tickets are available for $10 now, $12 at the door. The VIP area features assigned seating, lovely tables, bottle service for wine, and champagne with exquisite surroundings. Wow. Seating is very limited. General admissions are available $5 now, 7 at the door. Specialty drink menu will be featured for the evening. Drinks to be to be announced, so stay tuned. Prom kings and queens voting available at the DJ booth with the lo- royal couples to be announced at midnight. Prom photo booth brought to you by Wandering Photography. Online tickets are available at a discount on Eventbrite. Paper tickets are available later this week at Secret October. Doors at 9.30. Government-issued ID required for entry. Wear a corsage and get a discount at the door. More information coming soon. <laughs> That's a lot. They, they're really going all out, aren't they? Well, you know what they say about steampunk? It's goths who have discovered the color brown. That's right. Although we've mingled with them before. Wasn't it like at one of our river cruises that we did here with the, with uh, Russ Argo like it was during one of the prom one of the 
goth oh. gatherings and they joined us on that yes it was like yes. the first one he did yes it was a goth uh, annual goth convention yeah so so you know we so goths and steampunks play well together yes. we know this DJ Crescendal I, I recognize as having DJ'd previous steampunk events and just socializing mm-hmm. at, at other steampunk uh, outings as well so it yeah this this crossover is, is perfectly normal and natural yeah I mean you know and just as for discovering the brown part, a large amount of my steampunk garb is black. You know, I don't really wear brown that often. So maybe you're actually goth. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that pretty much wraps it up. That's it. So thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing. Well, um, simply because we're recording on Sunday the second, July fourth is coming up. Happy Fourth of July. Brexit, seventeen seventy six. Oh yeah, yeah. Have a great time, you uh, damn colonials. Woohoo! <laughs> there, now yep. we can say goodnight. Okay, yes, yes. Like us on Facebook, Texas Steampunk Connection. Talk to us. Send us a message. Give us comments, questions, anything you want. Until, Until next, next time, time mind, mind your gauges. gauges. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind your gauges. All right, one more time. Testing, <laughs> testing. Works. Mic uh, one. Two, two, check, two, two. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Your mother, blah, blah, blah. Hey, leave my mom out of this. That woman's a saint. Saint, blah, blah, blah.